Hello, this is Daniel Bayon. Welcome to Daniel Bayon's Views of 83 Weeks and Counting. This is the um, WWF version of the show. I'm going to use uh, Spreaker for the WCW portion in another show. Right now I'm going to talk about the February pay-per-view of 1997 in your house Final Four. Started off with Mark Barrow defeating Leif Cassidy. Um, Flash Funk and Bart Gunn and Goldust lost to Nation of Domination. Hunter Hearst Helmsley lost to Rocky Maya Villa. Uh, or should I say Rocky Maya Villa beat Hunter Hearst Helmsley to keep his newly won Intercontinental title. Furness and Lafon beat the British Bulldog and Owen Hart by disqualification in a tag team title match. What's interesting about this was Bulldog um, fussing with Owen Hart after the bout. He pointed out that he didn't need Owen Hart to hit um, Lafon, I believe it was, in the face with his with his trophy because he had the match won. And it took him about five or ten minutes to calm him down, both Clarence Mason and Owen Hart. But he still had to fuss about it to the audience. Um... I'll, I'm going to do something differently. I'm going to uh, play the promos from Sid Vicious, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vader, um, and The Undertaker.
Federation champion, and Paul Bearer thinks it's going to be his man, Vader, tonight. Don't go. Austin, don't let that canator, that gator butt, get that canary mouth in trouble, brother. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. I don't think so, Mr. Hart. Undertaker, rest in peace. And finally, got to play uh, Undertaker's promo. We are moments away from the final four matchup. A new champion will be crowned earlier today on Sunday morning. Superstars will say you've rediscovered your edge in the big-time trouble with your other people. Sure words have never been spoken. Yes, I have rediscovered my edge. Not all of it, but it's coming to me. The force that dominated the World Wrestling Federation in the early 90s is not far away. This spells doom for one Vader, one Stone Cold Steve Austin, and yes, even the Hitman. There's nothing you can do about it, gentlemen, so accept it and hope that I spare your lives. The World Wrestling Federation title will be mine by hook or by crook. Get in my way. So, this match was very different in the sense that it was going to be just like the Battle Royal they were in the month before. So, the eliminations were as follows. Vader was eliminated, from what I understand. Steve Austin was eliminated. And then... Because of Stone Cold's, um, uh, either his interference or his distraction, Bret Hart eliminated, um, The Undertaker, lastly becomes the new heavyweight champion. Um, I'm going to say something that I've said before. Most of the... Uh, actually, there's something I've never seen, so that's why I love doing these podcasts. Um, my favorite thing about doing a podcast is being able to say how I feel. Um, the biggest part of these shows are the promos. And after hearing Savicious's promo in this video, it reminds me of why they always should have had somebody talk for him. It's not that the promo wasn't good. His voice was, uh... His voice did not sound... It's kind of like Mark Merrow's voice. He didn't sound like he could be dangerous. He just sounded like he was upset. So that's why I, I'm reminded, when I heard that, I was just reminded of why I didn't want to hear it in the first place. And it's, it's a mystery to me how Savicious even drew money. 
And aside from how he's built, he really didn't have anything else. He couldn't talk, and he was... He just had no ability in the ring. However, everything worked out for the best as I continue these episodes. You'll find out what I mean in uh, the next few episodes. Um, that's it for this episode. Thank you and goodbye. Hello, this is Daniel Vaughn. I've been podcasting for almost two years, and I just about a month ago found out how to submit, um, uh, manually submit my feed to Apple Podcasts. Well, anybody's getting into podcasting and wants Apple Podcasts, their show on Apple Podcasts, come here and use Anchor Podcasts. Hello, <clears throat> welcome to Daniel Bayon's views of 83 weeks in council. This is, this episode is about the night after Royal Rumble and the week after Royal Rumble. Both episodes building to the next pay-per-view which was titled, um, Final Four. Started off, Bret Hart coming out and talking about all the people that have screwed. I hate to use that word, so I'll say this. All the people that have what, um, what adults a lot of times like to say the F word, the cleaner version of that, and I don't know how to say it outside of what we hear all the time, so I'll say it like this, he said all, the best way of saying it is to say this, he said everybody had cheated him out of something in the World Wrestling Federation, so he said that he, he quit, and so he went through the audience to leave, and now she went to the commercial break. His brother-in-law, the British Bulldog, and his brother, Owen Hart, beat Furnace and LaFont. Farouk beat Bart Gunn. And then Gorilla Monsoon addressed the Royal Rumble controversy. That's when he officially announced the main event was going to be, if Bret Hart accepted it, the uh, Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match. That's why it officially was called Fatal 4... Not Fatal 4-Way, but Final 4. He said because... Unfortunately, Stone Cold was eliminated, even though the referee did not see it. Because he eliminated three people unfairly. Vader, I believe, and then Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Not Shawn Michaels, but Bret Hart and The Undertaker. Because of that, he was going to give all three of them a chance to, uh, along with Steve Austin, to go to beat each other um, in a match for, for the number one contendership for WrestleMania 13. Uh, I restate that. Let me restate that. Give him a chance to wrestle for a number one contender, to become number one contender, and then go on to WrestleMania to face heavyweight champion, whoever they may that may be. Earlier in the show, by the way, Steve Austin said, "Look at all the things I went through, Brad Hart." And he said, I got, now I got a 350-something-pound buffoon named Gorilla Monsoon telling me 
that my scheduled opponent had a concussion and couldn't uh, face me. So he said, "Get, give me the Undertaker tonight." Tonight. So Vince ended up going to the back to try to get um and try to get some results about Steve Austin's match, along with situation with Steve Austin and Bret Hart and in the Royal Rumble match. So then they brought him out for that announcement I just uh I just mentioned. And then they had the full metal album um commercial play. Then Steve Austin versus The Undertaker ended uh no either no contest or qualification when Vader came out there was a melee between all four of the competitors in the fail four way match then in the beginning of the next week's show I met Johnson beat Crush after Farouk um, threw Crush into the, through, <clears throat> made it into the steps, and then Crush hit him with that right hand, <clears throat> and Shawn Michaels <clears throat> was talking about how he felt about all four competitors, and he, he has a scheduled rematch with Psycho Sid, and it seemed like everybody was overlooking Psycho Sid, and Taking for granted that uh, they believe Shawn Michaels is going to beat him. And uh, Bret Hart went so far as to say that because he wanted to face Shawn Michaels again for the title, he would he would go so far as to watch his back to make sure Shawn stayed the champion if he had to. Hmm. And Undertaker mentioned um, all the thing, all the things that he could complain about, but he doesn't. And Steve Austin said he can why not complain all this stuff all they want to, but but the bottom line is, if they have four, but he's gonna kick their butt either way. Then he made them think he was going to, but he refused to step in the ring with them. So it's really interesting time to watch these shows. Then British Bulldog, it looked like um, he was gonna lose when he when he it was actually Owen was supposed to hit Doug Furness with the with the back end of the semi-award winning trophy that he won. But when he wasn't paying attention, Bulldog reversed the Irish, or he reversed the Irish flip on the Bulldog, and the Bulldog hit the trophy. Fortunately for the Bulldog, not only did he kick out of the pen, but he was able to catch, um... Doug Furness's legs and go for in the middle of a sunset flip a pin attempt. British Bulldog, just like he won the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 92 against Bret Hart, he did the same thing here where he, he pushed, he, caught, he caught Doug Furness's legs and he went forward in a pinning, in a pinfall, and that's how he won the match. They were arguing until finally Clarence Mason got him to calm down. He took the title and he let them raise his hand. Vader and Mankind lost to the Godwins in a by countout. And I'm really not. I'm not really sure. You know, as far as the end of that match, I'm not really sure if Mankind was really uh, he when he hit he hit um Vader 
into the chair after one of the Godwins ducked the chair shot. And like Jerry Lawler said, he had enough time to stop, so I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if it's because he loves inflicting pain or or what it was, or if, he, or if it's because he was strange, but Paul Barry even asked him, Are you out of your mind? Because they needed Vader to be on their side. Because he, he was a monster and he was uh, one of the biggest monsters outside the Undertaker that they had. It was really... I say it's interesting. I say it's, it was unlike anything you've seen. And... You know, I understand... I can understand now what the character was about. But as a kid, I remember my, my parents uh, didn't let me watch it because of how strange it was. Hmm. And, uh... Trying to see the end of this uh, show, and it looked like because it's only 20 seconds, it looked like there wasn't much to it than just uh, than just Ahmed Johnson chasing after the Nation of Domination members. I think he threw. Okay, Nation of Domination were very. They're very um. Interesting to say the least, when they started and it was only, uh, Mason was a part of it, it's probably a legal advisor, and you had Crush, you had, Brooke was the leader, then you had Crush, and you had the tag team PG-13 rapping for them. And you, uh, you had D'Lo Brown, who was, um, not really known yet. Matter of fact, looking back at that, you really, there's not much known about him outside of, uh, being a member of that. You, you didn't know... Um, who, you knew who he was, but you didn't know what his ability was, because he was always in a suit. Um, so it was a very interesting time. Even the beginning of the Nation of Domination made it an interesting time, because you don't really didn't know, um... You didn't know what um, to make of that group outside of the fact that whatever the leader, Ron Simmons, whatever he considered dominating or whatever he considered winning, that's what they went by. So that's really what made it an interesting time. Just the fact you did not know what to make of uh, that group. So yeah, after Nation of Domination drove off in the car, that was the end of uh, it was the end of the show, and Next episode, Bulldog and Owen, you can see in the picture of this on the WWE Network, that Bulldog still looks upset, so that was an interesting part of this. Okay. 
don't go see Boston or so over at this point. It's so popular. But I think even putting him against, uh, even putting him against Vader, I think you expected, uh, him to win. Vader, he was not somebody you could expect somebody to beat. I mean, even uh, going against Shawn Michaels, you thought Shawn Michaels was a dead man. So you know that anybody beating Vader... Um... Especially after seeing his run in WCW against Sting or Flair or Cactus Jack or anybody of anybody of those cali that caliber, you know that Vader being beaten was not expected. The fact that these two were going to go against each other in the next pay-per-view. This match was designed, I believe, to, uh, to build your excitement for the next pay-per-view because you want to, because these, one was super heavyweight and the other one just looked like he just was, had no fear. And even when he was afraid, he still would fight. Even though there was no reason to admire Steve Austin, you could respect his willingness to fight. Invader, um, I really can't, I don't know how else to describe, but I think I already said enough right there. Vader was Vader had credibility between New Japan and WCW and that made you I believe that made you um believe he could be the heavyweight champion in the WWF based on his uh credibility in the other companies before here. So it's a really interesting time looking back at this. When I look back at this, this was probably the last time in America that Vader had an opportunity to do something big in wrestling. So, yeah. Real interesting time to look at. It was a really interesting time to look. But I was just saying to myself, do we call this the Attitude Era? I think they should have just called it Free For All. Because the referee would get, kid would get hit, they'd just bring out another referee. And then all of a sudden, they just threw it out because of the backstage officials getting involved along with the other referees. So this was just thrown out. Instead of it being disqualification, they just threw it out because of them not being able to keep it inside. But, so, yeah, makes it more interesting to look at this, is to see how maybe they had um, misnamed this era. Next, they do a commercial for a Thursday Night Raw. Next, uh, Flash Funk goes against Savio Vega, who, by the way, is an official member of, uh, 
of the nation of domination. But I had always wondered, you know, ever since I saw, uh, by the time I saw the nation of domination, was whenever they were about to turn Rocky Maivia into um the rock or just rocky he um didn't want oh I'm sorry that's the only time when I saw Nation of Domination, I really have a memory of them, is when he walked up on the side of the Nation of Domination, he put his arm up like they did. I never understood that, which I'm guessing that that's their way of saying power to the people. But either way, I, I'm still kind of I'm still confused at what that symbol meant. Four horsemen, the number four, the symbol of excellence. Because they, because the original had the original uh, four had every championship title available in the company. When you held hold up the arm like that in a fist, what does that stand for? Savio Vega uh, won the match against Flash Funk. The Psycho Sid set a pro, he cut a promo, and knowing how hard he always had at talking, it was probably pre pre uh, pre recorded because when he tried to cut a live promo, he said, "Can we go through that again?" And so, yeah, I would say that either they went over with him time and time again to where he got it right, or they pre-recorded it. So next, they do an interview with Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Uh, this is when I put the audio on so that I can know what's being said. They started arguing again right before they were set to defend the titles. The role that their tag team opponents were in it wasn't the time to uh, to argue. We all know 
now that Owen Hart was uh, one of the funniest people behind the scenes, but the faces he would make in the picture that he would take of him for the promotional work of his matches really shows it because you, you can't help but look at him without laughing. He looks so silly in, in his uh, in the picture of the face he would make. And I'm saying I'm saying even even if he was try even if he was um not so nice in real life. Let's say he was legitimately the way he acted in his character. Even um, if he was legitimately mean like that, it would have been hard not to laugh at the faces he made because he just looks so funny. Okay, I'm uh, trying to get to the end of this. Now, I had read back in around 2004 that Owen Hart and British Bulldog um, held on to the tag team titles for well over 100 days. So, I know they kept the titles right here. Let's see the replay of the finish. Uh, fortunately, because I, I've i had knee problems myself in reality, so I can tell you that uh, well, at first looking at what they did, and what Owen Hart did in this, uh, in this video, it, it looked like he could have hurt his knee minor, minor pain, but, uh, because of needing to save the title and being a villain, he... It looked like he was faking, but I can't really tell because the whole thing, the whole uh, thing they do is an act. So I don't know. I think they threw the match out because he looked like he hurt his knee. Yeah, he was faking all right because he jumped up like it was nothing. So he kept the titles after pretending to hurt his uh, knee. If they go to the back, they show from Coliseum video what Ahmed Johnson did in the Royal Rumble with a 2x4, and not just any 2x4, this was a long one. I'm not even sure what to call it, but it's not a 2x4 the hacksaw Jim Duggan would use, this is longer. Let's hear what Ahmed has to say about this.
Okay, so that's an that's interesting. Said that if he's not on Prozac, he uh he gets destructive. That's interesting to look at. Watch that. Uh, no dust against crush. But I think all this wins it. Ooh. Spin kick from somebody. Now the referee's back. Savio, I think. Hit go this with a spin kick. Let's see. And that boom, right hand from from Crush knocks Nolas completely out for the three count. Crush wins. Then they take a look at Black Jack Lanza. Okay, uh, this has been around the time they're about to, um, bring, bring, uh, up a tag team called the New Blackjacks. And then Chuck Michaels discusses... WWF title, um, likely talking about his four his four potential opponents in the future and his his upcoming match with Psycho Sid. He was dressed to compete. So, uh, why was he talking instead of rustling? Besides, of course, he's supposed to put the title on the line in, uh, three or four nights. Four nights, I believe, on Thursday Night Raw. Besides that, I don't know why he was just to wrestle, but, uh, just spoke instead. But I'll play audio for that.
with this belt, and that's with these people, that's brought out of the heartbreak kit. As far as, far as Bret Hart is concerned, I know you two obviously don't see eye to eye, and Bret has had some pretty harsh things to say about you, and I wonder, even in Canada, would you, would you respond to some of the things That settles that. I was wondering what I was gonna. I was wondering if, if how four was gonna come out or. This too, and the cycle six comes out. Two men fighting on the outside. The referee gets. The referee comes out to make sure nothing happens, too, as a matter of fact. About to make sure nothing happens between Vicious and Michaels. When they come back, there's Michaels with the title belt laying it on the mat. trying to uh, see what they do here and it's supposed to be a title match between Helmsley and Miro um, Red Hart picks up the title. Not really sure what he's gonna do, but uh 
regardless of what he had to hand it over. Possession may be guidance of the law, but in wrestling, whoever holds the title is the champion. Bret Hart held it. He did like he was going to hand it to Sean, then he dropped it. He actually flipped off Sean, and I, I'd seen him, you know, video do that to the fans out of anger. I never saw him do it to a person. Um, so you can see, he really had a lot of frustration right here, but, uh, but normally, and I think himself, and Keith said himself, whatever he did in the ring was strictly character, so it was really good to see that. That he did that he was just at doing his job as an actor. Okay. So guess you could say that this a lot of this was a main event or semi main event for the title. Um Just fast forwarded, um, I remember, uh, Paula Beck said in real life that this. Intercontinental title reign was, he felt like it was, um, he was ready to take on that type of responsibility. I don't know, a lot of people would say, you know, because some of these fans only watch WWF. So I'm wondering how many fans saw him, he was like almost a year into being there. How many people, um, wonder how many people wondered, um, how he could have known that he was ready to take on responsibility of the mid-card title when he's only been there a year, and, uh, I think it's because of his experience between when he started and then being in WCW for about a year, then being in WCW, WWF for a year, I think he could see that he was ready for, um, I think he could see he was ready for a championship run, and they, he didn't have a tag team partner as a matter of fact, this whole title reign would not have been um, possible without Mr. Perfect becoming his manager. So that's what that's what was really great about this was him having a manager the caliber of Mr. Perfect, whether it's behind the scenes or on TV. He he had enough experience from him to where it helped him. That's very important. Um, now this time, they're giving him Mr. Hughes as a bodyguard of sorts, which um, he said himself it was Male bodyguards had become played out by this time, or, you know, this is the same old thing where people make a bigger deal than needed. So, uh... So, I'm really excited about this part of, uh... This, 
the of my, of the WWE talking about it because of all that transpired within this year that just completely um, there's a lot of people that it transformed I believe um, Mark Mar it transformed Mark Marrow um, transformed Hunter Helmsley um, John Michaels At one point the uh, turnbuckle pad fell off and I think yeah Plastic Brass Snugs defeated Mark Miro. One, two, three. Hmm. The main event next was Farouk. Um... Vader, I think, going against Johnson, The Undertaker. Okay, not Vader, but was Mankind. Okay, trying to get to the end of this, we can see what happened. Matt Johnson ended up using the 2x4 to hit Ron Simmons for root with it on the inside of the ring just to make sure everything is even and he kept on hitting him with it inside however chair was on the mat and the mankind just hit the neckbreaker on Undertaker Unlike Mankind, unlike Mankind looking like he didn't 
care if he had under, hit Vader or not. This time Vader looked like he really was accidental for him to hit Mankind with a chair. However, he gets hit, decked by the Undertaker over the top rope. Mankind's trying to get to his feet and does turn around, hit with the Tombstone Power Driver. Over the chair. One, two, three, they win the match. Okay, um, letting the, uh, this episode end, so I can look back at the, uh, the date for the next pay-per-view of this year. That was February 3rd, 1997. So, the third time going through the papers, okay, February 16th, so, very 16th, right? So, okay. <clears throat> the next episode is three days before uh, pay-per-view solves in right here. Thank you and goodbye.